Check, baby, check, baby, one, two, three. Check, baby, check, baby, one, one. Good evening. Welcome to How Wolf. And, uh, we're here to get our How Long. Yes, I totally howled. Call in if you feel like it. Uh, share your funny stories, your comedic stories. Try not to be too explicit. No, we don't find killing small animals or any kind of violent content to be typically very funny. Uh, yeah, typically. It's just, just not very funny. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work well. Doesn't splash well. The nuns don't like it. So. <sighs> Now, Howl Wolf, that's just, you know, freelance, monologuing, being goofy, silly, funny. Uh, used to uh, have an event back in New Mexico when I lived there. It's called Howl at the Moon, located right next to the Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary in Rama. It's R-A-M-A-H, New Mexico, if you want to look it up. Uh, my friends who helped me put it on, typically it was about 100 people or so. I think we did four of them. Uh, that I stayed with, especially when we were setting up and getting ready for the event and getting stage ready, was on Skinwalker Trail. Loved that place. And the reason why they loved Skinwalker Trail is because the Navajos, uh, by the way, which is a Hickory uh, Apache name for the Diné, also, uh, which means uh, thieves, uh, were also quite frightened of skinwalkers now if you don't know what a skinwalker is it's a nice friendly little thing uh what they do is they observe you and then uh they uh steal your skin which leaves you kind of out in the cold you know and it's hard to survive without your skin and they wear your skin pretend they're you and they go around and like the uh, devil and bewitch people Never know who's the skinwalker. I could see that being a bad uh, rumor flying around town. So they lived on Skinwalker Trail just to freak out the. Uh... <laughs> so these were these were Native Americans who weren't Navajo. Who loved living on Skinwalker Trail because it kept the Navajo off the, <laughs> off the land because they're that superstitious. That's I don't know how to how I feel about that. It's a white man. It's either very devilishly smart or I actually admire it. It's pretty good. So where, where uh, Wild Spirit Wolf Sanctuary is, there's an unincorporated uh, community there called Candy Kitchen. And the reason why it was called Candy Kitchen was way back in the uh, Prohibition days, there was a general store there. And if you went there and asked for the candy, you'd get a nice bottle of alcohol. And to this day, I can guarantee you from personal experience, because I still have one acre located there, in case the world just goes to absolute shit and I have no retreat, I can always go back to Candy Kitchen and live out whatever life I got left on that one acre. <laughs> Candy Kitchen, really neat, unincorporated town of about 200, 250 people. And to this day, vodka 
is still the currency of choice. A nice bottle of Grey Goose will get you just about anything you want in that area. Uh, they're all a bunch of entrepreneur, rugged individualists out to build their empire. Yep. So, what are we going to talk about tonight? I know. I know what we can talk about. We could talk about, uh, I was, it just occurred to me that child logic is, is pretty darn hilarious. You really get down to it. Downright, uh, impish. Mischievous. A nice logic that we had when we were kids. So, for now, if you got a story about when you were a kid, something interesting that we might all find slightly humorous and or, uh, won't put us into a snore, uh, feel free to give us a call. Call in. And, uh, as long as you don't immediately launch into a primal howl or ask me if in some contexts is rape okay, uh, because we all know the answer to that. It's only okay if you are a kinkster and you have signed a consensual non-consent agreement between another consenting uh, adult who wants to practice something non-consensual, consensually. Uh, and in that case, it probably that's the only case that it's okay. And even then, you probably ought to seek therapy because it's, uh, you're not right in the head. No, not right in the head at all. <sighs> so here we are, about to be 2020. Finally, finally, we've reached a point in our calendar when we can all have perfect hindsight. See it all clearly now. Kind of wish. Am I the only one who wonders what it would be like if we could just be in the Gregorian calendar? I see it mentioned in news reports and articles from time to time, at least a couple of times a year at least. I know I do. Maybe you've noticed this. Seems like everyone's kind of wistful for the Gregorian calendar. And that's interesting. Who was Gregorian? <laughs> and why is Julian Julian's calendar so much better? Uh, probably is much nicer than Julian too. That's why we keep referring to it like like only we could just go back to it. Oh my goodness gracious me! I seem to have misplaced my drugs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my phone. Well, it's my phone. I won't find it to my phone. Oh, crap. Hey, yummy. Nope. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know about you, but uh, have you ever noticed some of the weird things your partner does? My partner often reverts to uh, Skeskis from, you know, Dark Crystal. So I'll just be talking or, or uh, we'll be logicking something out. And she'll just start, hmm, hmm, hmm. That's 
swear to God, all I can think of is Skitskis. You know, that one got all his uh, clothing ripped off by all the other Skitskis because he challenged, uh, what's his face, to, to, you know, to the duel for the thing. And their swords went, psh, psh, oh, yeah, they were hitting the stone with their knives. And, and uh, that one guy, he like, popped off a, a piece of it and went down and he looked all like full of himself and went, hmm, ah, 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 ah. And the other one went, get him! Got him and ripped off all his clothes. And he's like, yeah, whimpering and took off. And then was the catalyst for the rest of the show. Rest of the movie, Jim Henson's uh, masterpiece of puppetry. Those were pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. If I do say so myself. Okay, so there's keys. What's this? Can somebody call my phone? Thank you. That's my partner. Her name's Sabrina. And yes, and no, she's not a witch that I'm aware of. She hasn't cast any spells that I'm aware of either. <sighs> now, I did have a dream. It's called the Knitting. Knitting. A Marine News Network. And this is what it was going to be based on. Me and a couple other goofballs were going to go around and live interview people. Uh, as with 50 personas, 1950s personas, uh, and talk about today's issues and related to the 1950s. You know, just for that comedic relief. Wait, are you supposed to be in this line, sir? <laughs> oh, no. Is it ringing? Huh? Ooh. Uh-oh. I could use it. I guess I could uh, push my phone, or I mean, and push my button, right? See, do I hear anything? No, I don't. Let's go out in the rain. Can't believe it's Friday night. Nobody, 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 nobody is on this thing. Let's see, set up my cash lines. Hmm, no bother. No bother to tell. I'm, I, if I say something, I don't get it. I don't get it. I can't believe it. God dang, I was moved to it. Darling, darling, do you know where the, do you know where the phone is? Let's go out in the rain. Let's go out in the rain and see what we can find. If we find anybody, we'll, we'll just, uh, we'll just interview them on the spot. We'll tell them that they're, uh, on a live radio show later, huh? How about that? Does that sound like fun? Yes, it does sound like fun. We'll encourage people to experience your feelings. Hi, tenaciously Sadie May. That's interesting. Why are you tenaciously Sadie May? Somebody trying to make you Sany May? Or perhaps maybe May. Aloha, y'all. Did you just tell, do you parlay vu francais? So, Hal Wolf is strictly just for silliness. Uh, 
funny comedic stories, uh, reminiscences, musings and such and the like. Right now I'm going out in the rain. Yes, we're going out in the rain here in the East Bay of San Francisco. Ah, instantly out outside, out of doors, in one of the most arguably hilarious spots in the Bay, a trailer park. Yes, I live in a trailer park. Yes, yours truly, future icon and pop star, living in a trailer park and broadcasting. It doesn't say sin. That is. I'm going to have to send my boy. I'm going to have to send my boy out to find my 15 year old. Oh, he'll love getting out in the dark rain. So, uh, Hawaii, huh? You know, funny, because your, your uh, writing doesn't look Hawaiian. Oh, you live in Texas? I'm from Odessa. You know where that's at? Fifth generation, as a matter of fact. I'm going to say you're probably from uh, Dripping Springs. No, no, no. Wimberley? No. I bet you're probably more like San Antonio or Dallas. God, this is so big. Texarkana? Oh, my God. You poor thing. <sighs> Running to Ross Perot much? <laughs> it sucks. Well, I guess that would be good if you were a guy. Well, if, if you're a girl, it's done right, I suppose. Uh, yeah, Texarkana. I had a lot of relatives in Arkansas. Ah, uh, Arkansas. Gotta love it, right? Texarkana. I still don't know why they don't call it Arkansas. I mean, there's Kansas. Why not Arkansas? Where does Arkansas come out of it? You don't go Kansas. I'm going to go up to Kansas. It's Kansas. Texas and Arkansas are. It would be better if there's, oh, maybe they were, uh, is there any like pirate, pirate tales or treasure? They're in Texarkana, Twin City. Yeah, yeah, it is a Twin City. And uh, my grandmother lived in uh, Memphis, West Memphis. And my dad lived in Hardy, Arkansas, and Mammoth Springs. The town that dreaded sundown. Ooh, do tell. Please call in and tell us that story. The Phantom Killer. Boy, man, I want to. He must have been a hero killing phantoms. I want somebody to kill the boogeyman myself. True story. Oh, sounds like I got a caller getting ready to call up. I bet you do all the live circuits to tell all the good stories, right? Here we go. I do have setting me. I do have a lot of stories. Welcome. But, um, Texarkana, yeah, the town that dreaded sundown. Uh, the 2014 movie about it is actually it didn't get enough advertisement. It's a, a good horror film, um, if that's your genre. And the old one is like, uh, I think it was made in 1977. It's more cool. documentary style. But so, yeah. okay, so start at the beginning and then take us all the way through. Um, well. These murders. By us, I mean you and me. (laughs) Do what? And by us, I mean you and me. Oh, right. Um, Right. 
the murders, uh, I think they started in 1942, I want to say. Um, Why do you want to say 1942? During the yeah. war? Um, and all, and all the able-bodied men were overseas or what? I have all the, the newspaper clippings about it. Um, cause every year, um, around, it didn't happen around Halloween. Um, but every year around Halloween, they actually set up a big screen in the park, um, where some of three of the murders happened in the park and they set up a big Ooh. screen and do a, a free showing. Everybody just bring a picnic and sit on the lawn and watch uh, the town that dreaded sundown where it actually How happened. Murdered? Um, he, he killed, he shot most of his victims, but he did use a knife. Um, one girl, she got, she got away. Um, he assaulted her with, um, the butt of his, his pistol. He sexually assaulted her with it and she ran away. Um, but anyway, it's, it's never been solved and he killed, uh, one, I think six people or he had six victims and killed four of them. Um, I don't know. My aunt is really the best historian on this story because there's actually one woman who was killed that I'm pretty sure it just got blamed on the phantom killer. And they call him that because he wore like a, a burlap, like a potato sack with uh, eye holes cut out of it over his head. And mm, uh, like the uh, unknown comedian. <laughs> yeah. Like the teenagers, um, Spring Lake Park then was a lover's lane and he would sneak up on them and um, take them out of their car and uh, shoot them. He even made one girl run from him. The one that got away, she made he made her run from him. And then he told her to run again, and she wound up getting away from him, luckily. But this one lady, um, she had an affair. Her Yes, it was during the war. Her husband was overseas. And um, yeah, she had an affair. Pregnant. And then he came home, and they say that he really killed her and blamed it on the phantom killer for that affair. So there were over like almost 300 um, people, persons of interest and they interviewed everybody and they never got him. Never got him. Never. He got might him. still be alive. Maybe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> He'd be a really old fucker if he's alive. <laughs> I heard a story on, I think it was NPR uh, recently. Boy, my, I almost went into my Texan accent there for a minute. Uh, <laughs> yep, I almost went into my Texan accent. No, it, it, uh, they were talking about uh, this this lady. She was hanging out with her dad, and uh, they were doing this expose on the Zodiac Killer. And the more she listened, paid attention to, to it and, and, like, observed her father, the more she came to realize her father was the Zodiac Killer. Turns out he was. Oh, there's another story like that. Um, I think it's called The Clearing, maybe. I'm not sure, but um, it's this girl. She just really found some strange things um, in her old stuff, you know, from her parents' house. Um, they weren't dead or anything, but she, the more she thought about it, she was like, you know, we moved around a lot um, like nomads when I was a kid. And when we would move, it would be right after people got killed. 
um, I think my dad is that serial killer and she started checking into it and her dad made these really weird tapes and all kinds of crazy shit. And she was the one that called in um, the tip to the police and was like, I know this is going to sound weird, but I think my dad is this killer and here's why. And um, they, they caught him and it, she was right. It was him. Her dad was a serial killer. So I take it you're into horror. Not horror, but true crime, most most definitely true crime. Um, I can't really do horror movies and and stuff like that. I, I can't handle it. I'm scary. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even watch it. I try not to listen to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Uh, the only thing that ever scared the Jesus out of me was uh, The Shining. Because it seemed oh, pretty man. much like exactly what would happen, knowing my luck. <laughs> it's really scary. Um, even some kids movies even spook me. Like uh, one of the last Harry Potter movies, I was like, you know what? I can't watch this movie by myself. Those whatever they're called, they spook me. We're looking after the Horcruxes and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, you know, life is scary enough. Real life is scary enough. Because for all, for every serial killer we do find and track down and find out about, think of all the ones who just are smart enough not to say anything. That's pretty dang creepy. Let's move on. So, how long have you been doing stand-up comedy? <laughs> stand-up comedy. I watch a lot of it. I do love stand-up, um, but I'm not quick with the jokes. I'm, I think about it, and it comes later, like after after the fact. I'm like, well, it's too late. Oh. Now. Well, you're thinking of improv, and, and there's not many – improv is like its own little genre, its own little category uh, where you're just thinking on the fly, coming up with stuff right on the spot, which can yeah, be really fun. We did that, and I took theater arts all four years of high school, and um, improv was one – I tried, but I was really too shy um, to really, really try and be good at it, so um, – So, so improv, improv. So, high school. That was probably what four, five, six years ago for you. No, um, this is it's, that was. I graduated thirteen years ago. Thirteen years ago. So let's see. Wow. Two thousand two. Yeah. Oh wow! You, you're an old fart now. I'll give you three guesses on mine, and I'll give you a clue. So when I went to school. Friday Night Lights was current. Friday Night Lights was current? Yep. In fact, it was, it was about my sophomore year. Who is Boyd? This shooting school bus in Florida accident. Oh, is there? What? I don't know. I, had, I haven't watched TV like in pretty much a year. A little over a year. Yeah, I don't know. Do, I mean, I have TV on like background noise and stuff, but if I watch TV, it's normally ID channel or a documentary. Uh, yeah, no, I I gave that up, and and like for some reason, I didn't feel like drinking no more after I stopped watching TV. I don't know which one caused the other. <laughs> uh, and then uh, started doing art and started took up stand up comedy a couple of months ago. That's fun. But you plan it. You got to plot it out. I was actually, I was, go ahead. 
have you ever um, watched a comedian? His name's Joe Coy. Yes, I have seen Joe Coy. He is friggin' hilarious. He is so funny to me. Yeah, he, uh, do you know Margaret Wu? Is that it? Or Margaret Choi? Ah. Well, I don't name. really care for her. Um, I really don't care for maybe not any of those. Um, no, there's a couple of the female stand up comedians that I do like, but, um, damn, what is her name? A, She's older black lady. She was a, uh, pregnant. She did a stand up comedy show while she was pregnant. I had to watch it just because, well, she did a stand-up comedy show while she was pregnant. I wanted to see what she had to say. She's pretty dang funny, actually, as a matter of fact. She did not give a damn. <laughs> but, I just uh, sit down and watch her. I tried, and I had it saved on Netflix for a long time, and I would start it and just couldn't couldn't get into it. I'm old school. I, I, uh, I used to force my family into the couch, and I would do uh, – cobbled together bits of Red Skelton and Bob Hope and Bill Cosby back back when you could say the name Bill Cosby without feeling right. bad. <laughs> I feel like I need to go wash now. Hold on. <laughs> oh, my Still. God. That Actually, I wouldn't. Oh, that poor old man. You know. Uh, but, I mean, God, he's. He's what? He's just so damn old. I mean, is punishment waking up for him every day? You know, what the hell are you really going to do to him? It, you should have come forward a long time ago. I mean, I'm not shaming mm-hmm. the victims, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, know, I, had, uh, I don't know. What I do know is that I was allowed to watch him in seventh grade. And because I was allowed to watch him and I went to Christian school, I figured that uh, any of his jokes must be okay, or mom and dad wouldn't let me watch it, right? Because I was Assemblies of God Pentecostal jump, pew jumper kind of Jericho marching kind of kid. Uh, oh, so I went, I went to school and happily was telling jokes, which was totally fine. Everybody seemed to be reacting well and laughing until I got to the whole uh, uh, Bill Cosby and his wife in the delivery room. That's that. Fuh, 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 boosh, boosh. And, you know, I got really descriptive, you know, because I was. I'd memorized Bill Cosby. And next thing you know, I was in the principal's office uh, trying to explain how it was okay for me to talk about childbirth to other sixth and seventh grade girls. Oh, damn. It did not go over so well. It's like, but why did you let me watch Bill Cosby if I can't tell all of his jokes? Uh, I've like Richard Pryor, though. <laughs> He's old school. Bl- yeah, well, Judge- rest his soul. Um, and Gene Wilder, well, he didn't, do, he was just a, he was funny, but, uh, Richard Pryor, I didn't really get hip to him until almost just right before he was dead, but, um, he is too funny to me. And I had the pleasure. You know, there's, uh, Jack, Jack Johansson. I got to meet him. Who? Cedric? No, I'm not kidding. I got, I, I got, after a show, him and Mike. Mike who? Are you still there? Hello, have we lost you? Ah, uh, no. Wait, wait, I think. No, it says we're still connected. Can you hear me? Have you hit mute? Oh, 
swear to God, you, a Kahana Boyd. So we have tenaciously setting May on the phone. Uh, we're waiting for her to get back. Uh, she is vivaciously promoting positivity with gregarious tenacity. She has 303 fans, 191 followers, and she looks to be Reba McIntyre's little sister. Ah, it's good to have Reba, uh, any relative of Reba McIntyre. And she does seem warm, friendly, and lovable. If that is her picture. Anyway, Kahana Boyd, shooting school bus in Florida accident. What? So the school bus is shooting people? You try calling back in. It says there's some kind okay, of... Okay, uh, sorry, Mike. Yeah? Come, come My network, um, really, I think it... Are you walking around? Ah, Kahana, you could call in, too, and maybe fill in the blanks. Let's just turn this into a roundtable. Why not? I hear you. I hear you. Adrian Yobi or Yobi? Yobi. It's a nickname. Short for Yobi Barrett. Let's go get us some up. I can make a basket. Man, I used to watch that cartoon every day. Yeah, but see, I'm Yobi Bear, so I have not found my goo-goo. Uh, Yogi Bear had his boo-boo. <laughs> a goo-goo. So... What is your goo-goo? What does that, uh, what does goo-goo look like? Um, or how will you know you found it? I suppose whoever, whoever goes goo-goo over me or I go goo-goo over them, I suppose. is my goo-goo. Hey, Yobi, looking mighty fun. Thank you, goo-goo. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, Just Yobi is still picnic baskets, so, um... What's yours? What is your thing? What is my thing? Uh, rambling into mics. No, uh, actually, I, what I like doing is uh, gorilla interviews. I like going out and uh, just interviewing people on the spot. My favorite thing, and I have been waiting on somebody to join me to do this, uh, and nobody's joined me yet. And I'm I'm about ready to just do it with all by myself. Is go out and I have a 50s personality, personality called Corporal Fox. Called who? Corporal Fox. Okay. He's a reporter with the Marine News Network Service. We bring a spitter call to your front door. And the, uh, so he's a 50s personality interviewing people about today's issues with a 50s mindset. And the reason why he has a 50s mindset is because he was kidnapped when he was a little kid. And, and raised in seclusion in backwoods before he escaped. And all he was allowed to watch were like Hogan's heroes. And, and, uh, uh, who's the other one with, uh, Andy? What's that show? It was in black and white and it had the sheriff uh, the an- and it the had Andy Dick show? No, no, no. It had Gomer, it had Gomer Pyle, like, surprise, surprise, surprise. And Gomer Pyle and Aunt May. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, now, you know, it, it, he played Matlock when he was older, as a matter of fact. Oh, oh, Matt, yeah, that was my show, was Matlock. Yeah, I was in the dare, actually. If you watch the dare, I was a tow man and a prisoner in the same episode. Oh, uh, that's cool. 
what was it? What was his earlier show that he played in? Hey, Soros or Suri, Suri. And uh, IDs one six six blah 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 and nine seven nine. Are those bots or are those like is that security patrolling the live cast to make sure nothing untoward uh, is happening? You're taking me back to memories of a little kid bored with my grandparents out at the farm. Um, uh, out at the farm, yeah. Well, you, I mean, you're in Texas. I mean, I'm from Texas. It's either a farm or you have to ride your horse to school. Every once in a while, the school bell alarm would go off so you could circle the school and protect it from the raiding Indians. My ranch is a 750-acre ranch in Texas. Mm. Yeah, you, you have a ranch that's a 750-acre ranch? Yeah, well, it's not mine. It... um. My aunt and uncle, it's it's their ranch, but I mean, when they die, I'm, me and my kids are in the wheel. So I mean, it's it's our family ranch. So you um, are a lady of means. Mm-hmm. We just <laughs> sold our ranch. <laughs> well, I what call kind it of a ranch. ranch. Did you have? Well, it was in West Texas. So when I when I tell you this, it's going to sound large, like a really huge ranch. But I mean, if you've been through West Texas, you'll understand exactly what I'm saying when I say this. Uh, so we had 277,000 acres and we yeah, uh, sold that. Yeah, no. If you get up on the overpass, you, you could see 35 miles in every direction because <laughs> there's nothing. It's just brush and coyotes and scorpions and snakes and not the, not the sexy kind. But, uh, why ranch? Yep, my family helped found Odessa. Oh, desolate. Slow Odessa. Uh, yep. I was just actually why I got on Hal Wolf since uh, I seem to have lost you, but he, he must be walking around that 750 acre ranch. Uh, but with that ranch sale, even though we, only, put, well, it is Friday, but we stay on the ranch usually on the weekends. Um, we may drive out to the ranch tomorrow, but uh, in Texarkana, the ranch is technically them's and the farm is technically. So, so if Texas passes uh, or legalizes marijuana, are y'all going to switch uh, crops? Uh, actually, the at the farm, um, oh, well, we seem to have you having connectivity issues so folks i'm going to continue on with my story in the in the in-between times so yeah why i got on how wolf tonight to share comedic musings and stories and be silly in general i was remembering when i was a kid uh i got in a hell of a lot of trouble because uh, back then i was my nickname was packy and i just i just figured you know i can't make lemonade that that uh, it may or may not turn out all right. So I got to looking at my sidewalk, and I thought, and I thought, and I went, Mom. And now sidewalk is our property? Okay, go ahead. I'll go ahead and finish the story. I said it's um, property? Now it's the marijuana. We've got hay. Oh, you've got marijuana and hay? Cows at the farm before. Um, that's what they do at the ranch. They- 
they've got um, cattle at the ranch, but um, now the farm has cows too. So um, mm. it's it's a big scale ranch. We have 18 wheelers come in and get the the wheat and soybeans, and uh, we also manage uh, five other pecan orchards. Pecans, huh? I bet you all have some pecan pie. Like you've never heard that one. Heard what one? Uh, the pecan pie thing. So like I was saying. I don't know why I keep losing. Not sure. So I got to thinking. Well, if this sidewalk is ours and I'm not going to do a lemonade stand, I should just charge a toll for people walking across the sidewalk. I mean, they're walking across it all the time. I'll be reasonable even. I'll, I'll just ask for one nickel to cross my sidewalk. I was six at the time. And uh, I think it was the second or third kid. Uh, I had it standing there with my broom. And, nope, you have to pay the toll. And uh, he ran across the sidewalk anyway. They could go around, but they shouldn't go across my property with that. So I chased him home. I'm going to tell you, Mom. And, you know, he runs in the house. And I, I ring the doorbell. And his mom comes to the door. And I looked up at her and said, man, my name's a- Adrian Blumberg. My friends call me Packy. I live just up the block here. And your son, I'm sorry to say, he, he went across our property without paying the toll. And she goes, toll? What what are you talking about? Toll. So I, of course, explained the logical reasoning behind the toll. Well, you see, it's our property, and I told him he couldn't go across the sidewalk until he paid me five cents. And then he started arguing with me, so I raised it up to ten cents, which was supposed to tell him he needed to be quiet and give me just the money, give me my money if he wanted to do the sidewalk. She just reached through the door, grabbed me by my ear, drug me down to my house, and and knocked on the door. My mom came in and she just started going, you know what your son's doing? Yeah, yeah. Poor yeah, man. I would. Yeah, yeah. I was always thinking and coming up with schemes. I was always trying to be an entrepreneur, even from the beginning. I was yeah. trying to sell my shit before I was selling my shit. <laughs> An entrepreneur. An entrepreneur. Or like they say, do you parlay do Francais? Like they teach you out in the Tejas? Actually, damn it. What? Oh, how'd I forget my word of the day? Um, my word of the day uh, is French. Uh, let's see if I can. Uh, bonhomie? That's what it was. It... Bonhomie? My good friend? Yeah, that was my word of the day today. That's two words. Um. <laughs> the manner hey Candace hey Chris uh, genuine or good hearted um, uh, good friend I th- oh mon ami oh mon ami my friend bon ami what'd you say bon what bon appetit bon 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 voyage bon ami, bon ami. Je te dis le langue étranger et douze ans. B O N H. It's B O N H. Bonne. All right. 
All right, I have to throw out one joke since this is supposed to be a comedic thing. Are you ready for the joke? Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you? Have you braced yourself? Have you, are you sitting down? Are you holding yourself with both hands? Here we go. What's a pirate's favorite letter? R. That's what you think, but it's really the C. Ah ha ha! That's a good one. <laughs> nice, yeah. All right, stupid jokes, your turn. And uh, okay, I've got, got a stupid, stupid joke. joke. Call in. Um. So, how how is diarrhea genetic? Oh no! That shit runs in your genes. <sighs> <laughs> you you know why the cowboy had shit in his mustache? Why? Looking for love in all the wrong places. What are the three parts of a wood-burning stove? Wood, fire, and stove. Lifter, legs, and poker. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say you're on a safari and you come on an elephant. What do you do? Um, Wipe it off, of course. Gosh. Got to be a gentleman, a lady. Damn. Damn. You, you want to hear a terrible one? I actually heard this in, in elementary school at the Christian school that I went to. You ready? It's terrible. It's terrible, terrible. Okay. Why Why is a lady... Well, I think they're... Let's do it this way. Why is a lady at the trailer park like a screen door? Why? The more you bang her, the loose she gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's terrible, terrible. No, that's not too bad. I've heard way, way worse. Oh, yes. Okay, so... Oh, so, thank you, Sal. And Hassan Ali Bebebai. I'm sorry. Uh, and Mongol... Sal is the best? Yes, I love Sal. Ooh, Sal, my lord. Ooh, y- y'all are into some kink, huh? Y'all must go to Burning Man or something. That thing out in the desert and probably get all weird and kinky. Well, Sal has promised me a camel and grenades from Saudi Arabia. Oh, my God. (sighs) Now, wait. Is it a grenade launcher? Is it an M203 grenade launcher with a leaf sight scope? Or is it just a straight grenade launcher or is it just a grenade? I don't know, Sal. I mean... I know what I would get. It would be a grenade launcher. Nothing makes the earth shake like a boop, 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 boom, boom, boom. <laughs> That's too big for us barbarians. What? Ape? Huh? It's Sabrina. Uh, no, I don't. Let's see it. Sabrina, my partner, she says hello, everyone. Hello. Yeah, it should be hanging up or on the ground or, uh, yeah. Yeah, I tried to, one night she, she's, she's got two master's degrees. Her parents are both professors at Cornell. I went to a wedding of one of her relatives recently and I, I was the dumbest one there with a lowly bachelor's degree. Oh, she was a lab tech with a PhD. Oh, only a master's? Oh. Only. And she should have, she should have reached higher, had higher goals. Unless you're going to get on closer where people can actually hear what you're saying, don't talk from a distance. 
Okay. Well, the, the, the thing is right there, I think. I know. Hold on. Let me get, hold on. Uh, Sal says hi. hi. Sal says hi. He's, he's going to get, uh, tenaciously sad he may, he's going to get her a grenade and a camel. Oh. And let me guess, the, the grenade is for when the camel stops moving. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I bet you, I'm sure if you went to pull the pin, it would just be a lighter, you know. Because, no, you know, the they, grenade they is just to add to, to my, you know, I've got my guns and he's going to send me grenades. Guns? No, guns is what guys use with their girlfriends on a long date. Rifles, yeah. what you got? Rifles and pistols? Um, I've got pistols. Um, I've got a little 380 that I carry around in my little coin purse and I've got a 9 mil oh, wow. that I keep in the house. My God, you are related to Reba McIntyre. Hmm, I'm from Texas. <laughs> Tenaciously said he made boom. <laughs> from oh, Texas. I came. I'm a good shot. I'm fifth generation Texan, and I went in the Marines, and I, I, I'm not. You know, you know, research has proven your odds of getting into a gun something. Altercation go up exponentially just by the mere fact of having a gun. Well, yeah, because if you didn't have one, um, you'd probably be the dead one. No. About over 80% of people, if they pull a gun on you, are most likely not going to use it on you. And if you're quick enough, right at when they pull it out, knock it clean out their hand, and then, then you beat them over the head and say, what are you thinking? Pulling gun on me. <laughs> I, I I go with your general drift. You go with my general drift? But I have one small quibble. What's a quibble? Statement, which was research doesn't prove anything. It can disprove or support. Uh, ah, I like yep, that. Yep, huh? yep, yep. You know you found your partner when they just don't put up with your shit. Yeah, well, they'll bring out the best and the worst, huh? No, no, that means she's absolutely right. Oh, and, and in this era of fake news, let me ask everybody, is there an, uh, an objective truth that we can all agree on and nobody can say it's fake other than the fact that we're all alive? Uh, we're born to die. Ta-da! Ding, 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 ding. So... If that's the only thing that all of us can agree on, that we all can say is fact, then isn't that the point of life, is getting ready for death? Mm. It depends, so, on, um, depends on your perception, I suppose, and interpretation. Well, let me ask you this. If, when you are lying on, death, on your deathbed and about to go through death's door, is anybody going through death's door with you, or do you have to go through that door by your lonesome? You go by your lonesome, but what legacy are you leaving behind? Ah, uh, okay, well, let's not talk about big butts yet. So if you're the only one that goes through death's door, if we agree that you go through death's door by yourself, in a very mm -hmm. real sense, your thoughts at that moment are the only thoughts that really mattered in life, right? Because all of life is getting you to that point. Well, you know, I actually was prepared to die. Um, I was in a really bad car accident, and 
I was pinned and couldn't get out of the car and it was on fire. So, um, I really thought that was going to be the end of my life. And the thoughts that went through my head, really, I was at peace with it. And, you know, I felt, you know, me and God were cool. I was really at peace with dying. I knew that my kids were alive and that they'd been pulled to safety. I knew my husband was alive. He was ejected, but I knew that he was alive. And, um, I was at peace with it and ready to go and thought that was it. But, um, they came with the jaws of life and cut me out. And that was not it for Miss Sadie May. So. Well, here, here's another question. I'm glad you made it through. Uh, I had a friend uh, two years ago. Unfortunately, they had an accident in front of them and they pulled over and uh, a lady was pinned and the vehicle was on fire and the uh, rescue did not get there in time. And they ran out of fluids to pour on the poor thing to keep her alive and had to stand there while the flames consumed her. And it really messed my friend up a lot. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, that kind of stuff's traumatic. But when you think about the way the human body, whether God's involved or not, the human body is designed. I mean, I I mean, I was I was hurt pretty bad in that wreck. But, you know, my body I didn't realize even that I was injured at all. Actually, I just knew that I couldn't get out. That was all. Yep. Um, so I wound up, I had a broke, my right ankle was broke. My right femur was broke. My right and left hips, they were both broke. And, um, I was pretty much crushed my lower body. Uh, spent two months in the hospital and had to learn how to walk again. So, I mean, it was a lot, but at the time, I didn't even know I was hurt at all. So maybe that could bring oh, adrenaline. Yeah, it's adrenaline. That's the that's the main thing. I'm not. I'm I'm pretty at peace with dying, uh, mainly because I I thought, okay, well, how do I go through death's door and be okay with my thoughts? Well, as long as I can think to myself, I did my best. How do I know I did my best? Well. Am I, is there another me anywhere in the universe or am I the only me? Well, if I'm the only me or if you are the only you, then by definition, nobody does us better than we do. In fact, we do ourselves perfectly. Why do you think I graciously Sadie May? Because I am myself with so much, um, it's tenacious, totally on purpose. Nobody can be me but me, and nobody can change me um, or stop me from being me. So what have you always wanted to do? Um, I just don't believe in actually working. I believe in doing what I love to do, so I never work a day in my life. I have Thank four you. kids, and um, you too, huh? I do a lot. Uh, and I love everything that I do. So, um, I can't say just one particular thing because I love to do so many things and don't just want to settle on any one thing, but I do aspire to be, um, a algebra one teacher. I'm going to start oh school for that soon. God. Yeah. So. Algebra one. Hmm. So did we discover math or invent it? Oh, my gosh. Um, I had a teacher that just really made such a difference to me. And she cared. She she made me 
helped me to learn to love math. I was failing math miserably. And she worked with me every single day after school for an hour. And um, I passed her class in the following year in Algebra 1 and her class again. Um, yes. I had a 100% all year, no tutoring. But did we did we discover math or did we invent it? Mm, that's a good question. I think we found a system that worked. The main thing I like about math is it, well, I mean, it is another language, but I like to think of myself as an algorithm and I can only do the calculations and variables uh, that I got, right? So you're your own unique algorithm. Uh, mm. So the uh, question, the meaning of life, which is 42, by the way, uh, can't be solved without all of the separate algorithms coming up with their, the each coming up with their solution, their perspective on life. I guess you'd say, this isn't very comedic. Why? How did we veer off the comedic train? <laughs> okay. Do you got a dumb joke? Like a bad a dumb joke? joke? Like one that'll just make you groan. Oh, I got a joke that... Um Everyone always gets the punchline a little late if I don't have to explain to them <laughs> what the punchline was. But, oh, God, um, I, I'm hurting already. <laughs> it, it's funny to me. I fucking love it. It's one of my favorite jokes, but not everybody appreciates it. As long as it's punny. <laughs> well, it is. Okay, so um, there's a black guy, a white guy, and a Chinese guy. They all well, hold on. Hold on. Let me make sure Nancy Pelosi isn't around. Oh, well, okay, go. I'll it over it. Got a joke. I'll drop it when I'm done filling a form. Okay, Sal. Okay, so the black guy, white guy, and Chinese guy, they decide they're going to start a business together. So they're talking, what is everybody going to do? They're trying to decide. And the black guy's like, well, you know what? I'm the strongest, so I'll move things around and, you know, do the the hard physical work. Um, he told the white guy, well, you know what? You're pretty smart and you got a lot of business connections. So um, you make all the phone calls and do that kind of work. So, okay. And then the black guy and the white guy look at each other. They're like, well, what the hell is the Chinese guy going to do? And they say, okay, um, Chinese guy, you're in charge of the supplies. So some hours go by and they're working, getting things together, doing their jobs. And then the black guy and the white guy, they're like, you know what? Where'd Chinese guy go? We haven't seen him in a while. So they're looking for him, calling his name, um, trying to find him. And then all of a sudden from behind a box, the Chinese guy jumps out and says, supplies. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that joke. I really do. Yeah, the only thing I could even compare with that is what, I was in New Mexico. And I was talking to some friends, uh, and it suddenly occurred to me, my, my five people I was talking to, what kind of situation I was in. We happened to be standing around, you know, one of those pool wagons, and all four, you know, the real handy ones. And uh, so I started 
to the guy on my left, and I, I just started positioning, and I was putting everybody equal distance from each other, right? And, of course, by the time I got to the third person, everyone's like, what the fuck is he doing? And I'm uh, getting everybody perfectly in a circle, equal distance from each other. And, it, and at the time, see, I was the only white guy, and there was a bunch of natives, and I said, I just wanted to thank all of you, because they all looked at me, for helping me to circle the wagon. <laughs> that was the best that was the best. They totally got it. It was probably the only time in my entire life I could have gotten away with that joke. <laughs> I've been the only white person at school before, and that is no Awkward. joke. It is so awkward. I was like, man. And, you know, we moved from here to California, Southern California. Uh, so it, I was one of five white like kids. West Texas. And, Everybody spoke Spanish, so I just knew every time I had to walk across the classroom to sharpen my pencil and somebody would they would talk to each other. I'm like, I know they're talking shit about me. I know they are. <laughs> oh, no, it, it, you, they're not unless you hear the widow. If you hear the word widow, then they are. Now, now just, uh, we were outnumbered my whole life. I didn't know what they were saying. We were outnumbered my whole life, and by the time, uh, honestly, I mean, I just figured the rest of the country, I figured. After Martin Luther King, they passed the Civil Rights Act, and now it solved it, right? Because I didn't see anything like yeah, I would call racist or racism growing up. Uh, and so when I joined the Marines and went off in the Marine Corps, imagine my surprise when the door shut and I was with other people of my like skin color, and they just started busting out with stuff that I was like, hold on, what did you just say? What? No, we're all light green and dark green Marines. There ain't no, what do you? And they, that's when I discovered racism was alive and well and kicking. And, oh, wow. And I, I was, yeah. I was so yeah. shocked. Of course, I, I was an idiot. Yeah. I thought New York was from, was like New York City, the whole state. I didn't realize they actually had like trees and woods. Yeah. See, when I was little, I didn't, or even, you know, I never thought about it really. I just thought it was like you said, all like New York City. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sal's got a joke too when he calls in. He's oh, got he one. Probably, he'll put it in the chat probably. I wish he would call in. I love it when Sal calls in. Um, but he Somebody doesn't. It's a real treat for him to call in. <laughs> this this live casting is pretty good though. I actually like it. Now, if you're interested, I might as well put a plug out there. Uh, I do other, like my first podcast, well, it was an actual production, a whole, and everything is called In the Fighting Hole, where I interviewed people who really loved what they did. And the idea was that if there was some time in their life where either physically, spiritually, mentally, or emotionally, they were in a fighting hole, so yours would be the wreck, right? Uh, and how overcoming that got you out of the fighting hole and led directly to doing what you love to do. Uh, so I got those on, uh, Castbox. I got That's a couple more interviews I still to drop. Oh, it didn't take off at all because, uh, maybe the, you should Marine, revisit that. The Marine Corps League, uh, that I was doing it for, I was their first radio show. Uh, I'm 47 and I'm like a youngin'. They treat me like I'm like an, I'm like a teenager and they're middle aged people, right? Uh, so. They, I had to explain what debit cards were and PayPal. So, the, oh, wow. you know, they're like, I don't know. We just want you to recruit people. We don't care how. Whatever this podcast thing you say is, go ahead and do it. But nobody, they wouldn't share it around. So 
it didn't get any traction. So I started doing a cartoon. I'm doing a cartoon called The Cave 2.0. It's Plato's Allegory, updated for a ma- modern world. And then Street Fool, which is uh, it's almost like a Shakespearean uh, tragedy, comedy tragedy, but uh, based on trailer park folk. And uh, if you want to see any of my artwork, feel free to go to Yobi Works. That's Y-O-B-I-W-O-R-K-S. Dot is it art. in your profile? It should be, yes. And uh, you should be able to go and check out my artwork. I haven't had any posts since the middle of November because I changed hosts and lost service for over a week. Uh, yeah, and I've got a lot of things going on. But anyway, uh, glad to have you here. Oh, I don't I have think- a huge crowd. So uh, but, uh, live in the cave 2.0, the truth. Yeah, I've seen that on CastBox before, but I thought, like, mm, that's some more people, um, like, evangels or something. That's more people talking about the Bible or something. Oh, no, that no, no, no. Um, or enlightening, you know, is it God or is it just a higher power? Are the Anunnaki's a real, for real? Do you believe oh. in them? You know, I thought it was one of those. So I was like, hmm. Yeah. Well, I you, don't know. Are you familiar with Plato's Allegory of the Cave? He was a he was a student of Socrates twenty five hundred years ago. Uh, he wrote the Republic. His works are called collectively the Republic, uh, and uh, he he has this allegory in there called the Cave, and this is, he does it in a like a conversation happening between Socrates and his brother Glaucus Glaucus Glaucon. And the idea is that people who don't educate themselves, people who uh, don't strive to increase their knowledge and, and gain wisdom, are like prisoners chained in a cave of ignorance on one side of a boulder, a large boulder, and they can only see one wall. But they, what they can't see is behind them there's a fireplace or a, fire, a campfire, you know, uh, and people walking in front of it casting shadows on the wall in front of them. Now, all they've ever seen is the shadows on the wall. And the whole time they've been alive, they've been prisoners. So they think that the shadow is reality, right? They're looking for patterns, come up with uh, stories to tell themselves from the shadows. One of the prisoners escapes and gets out of the cave and gets out in the sunlight. And, of course, what? Oh, well, so shadows are caused by blocking sunlight and etc etc you know world was opened up so he goes back to save his comrades and uh, when he tells them the nature of reality you know what he's experienced out there they say he's lost his mind he's crazy somebody tackle him kill him because <laughs> right? he's telling the truth but the brains can't yeah. comprehend it and that's just one of my favorite stories so i just like to that's model the cartoon one. after it the premise of the cartoon is in every age, there's a crux, uh, a tipping point in the age. And there is a question that humanity is posed. And if the, if humanity doesn't answer the question in a beneficial way for all, then that cave that's been open there in that time captures the first person who comes in who's representative of that age and they become a prisoner and there's nine prisoners uh starting from 11,000 12 uh, 
11,200 years ago, uh, with Meh, is the first prisoner. Then there's, uh, Astrothane, the Galatian. Then there's, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, uh, Atsoa, he's a Basque from northern Spain, 717 AD. And then there's Sabino, who is a Romani or Gypsy Jesuit priest persecuting his own people. And then there's a Pilgrim, a Lord II uh, Pacific uh, Theater uh, soldier. And then there's a hippie from Argentina, whether her mother was a hippie, married a, a rich Argentine guy. And then the most recent one where we enter is Carlito Red Ramirez. And uh, he hears a dog barking. He goes to inspect the cave. And he sees a lady chained up. And he goes to help her out. Uh, and she wakes up and tells him to run. He doesn't. Well, he doesn't fast enough. He passes out. And when he wakes up, he's chained. Hmm, where is this going? Yeah, it's fun. Got a script and everything. That's awesome. I think maybe um, you should visit some of your other things, revisit your other, some of your other things and um, see where they go because really those are, um, they're really good. Oh, thank you. Oh, you went to uh, my website? Are you I, talking about the story? Well, no, your, your ideas, your podcast, I mean, everything, the cartoon, it's the, it's all really good. And like your podcast, people doing, um, what they love to do and, you know, um, getting through what they went through, how it, all of that is so good. I think you should revisit it. Thank and, you. Yeah. I just need to make enough money to like keep doing it. Unfortunately, right. uh, most of the stuff isn't monetized. So, uh, uh, when I, when I find my buried treasure, is it on your land? No. <laughs> One of these days. You want to hear a real funny story? You're gonna, this is going to kill you. Now, I don't know anybody that this happened to. This is a true story. So I was 22 and I got out of the Marine Corps. And I got back to Texas. They had just instituted the lottery, right? Ann Richards and all that kicked it in. Money of the proceeds was going to go to education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it hit me, it struck me. Well, if I'm going to play lottery, I better pick one set of numbers and play that set of numbers my entire life, and that'll have better odds than anything anybody is ever likely to have. And I was so proud of myself and so happy with my plan and how statistically sound it was, bragging to everybody about my brilliant plan, telling everybody my numbers. But Wednesday night comes around, two weeks in, me bragging about my numbers to everybody, and we're in front of 7-Eleven, and it's 9 o'clock, and the drawing is at 10, and I get this, you know, funny, tickling feeling in my gut. You know, I've since learned to listen to my gut. Oh, yeah. And you too, you should too. Anybody listening, man, you, I'm telling you, when you know it's your gut talking, just whatever it's saying, do it. Exactly. And That's how I live my whole life. I was like, man, I need to go get a lottery ticket. And then my friend, my roommate, gets in the deep when he goes, hey, did you get a lottery ticket? Because I'm blabbing about it to everybody. I only had five bucks. It was a dollar to get in the dollar theater and two dollars for a hot dog, two dollars for a soda. That's five bucks. <sighs> no, my dad always said it was a poor man's tax. I, I want to see the movie and get a hot dog and a Coke. Let's go. 
So in those days, they would uh, throw up the winning lottery numbers next to the screen. And I'm watching the trailers go on. And out of the blue, I get punched the living hell out of my arm. And I go, what the hell are you doing? And he goes, look. And he pointed. And I looked, and there were my numbers right there on the goddamn wall. And I didn't play them. So no point in even playing the lottery now, right? But I got a lot of good ideas. Thank you. I appreciate that. Speaking of which, I should probably get on to working on my cartoon now. That's what I meant to do, and then I decided I'd jump on Howl Wolf. Oh, yeah. Uh, Castbox is easy to get carried away with, for sure. Yes, it is. Few, it is indeed. A few nights ago, I casted, uh, oh my gosh, I think it was a little over seven hours I casted. Car I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sabrina was talking. Sabrina, can you do me a favor? Here, we take over the show for a second while I get my phone. Oh. Ooh. Your job now, Sabrina. Hello, hello. Hello. So who do who do we have on the line now? Um, Sadie May. Sadie May. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty well. Okay. Yeah. We just went for a little walk in the rain. Kiko doggy oh, and the rain. Yeah. 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 The rain is my favorite. When the sun starts to come back out, I'm like, ugh. Gross. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> and where in the world are you? Um, I live in Texas. East Texas. In Texas. Oh. Cool. Lived, I'm sure. I've lived here my whole life, but um, I live in Texas now. Gotcha. I'm sure Adrian it told you that he's from West Texas? Yeah, he did. And I meant to ask him... Um, if he knows anything about um, Bernie Tita. Bernie Tita? Um, yeah, he, it's a man that he, he killed um, Miss uh, Marjorie. Um, he killed her. He just snapped on her. But it's a true story. It happened in Odessa. Um, oh. Do you know yeah. when when that happened? Or around when? Uh, actually, Bernie. Uh, damn. I just did, like, when I live-casted, and I read the whole damn story. It was in, I want to say the 70s. Um, Yeah, and they, nobody really wanted Bernie to be locked up because he was such a great guy. Um, But they locked him up, and I'm trying to get on Bernie's visitation list. Like, he's in prison now, right here where I live. So he killed someone. Um, yeah, he he shot her. He snapped on her because she was so damn mean to him all the time, and he was the only person who was nice to her. Her family wasn't even nice to her. Um, oh. And you know she just pushed him just that little bit too far that day, and he snapped and um, grabbed the shotgun that was leaning against the wall, turned around, and shot her four times in the back. She, oh. And then, but then to top it off, um, instead of calling 911, he put her body in the deep freezer 
and Ooh. put like the frozen peas and chicken pot pies and stuff on top of her body. And oh boy. she was in that freezer for like eight or nine, seven, eight, nine months, close to oh a my year gosh. before her family really was inquisitive enough to where the police went. Into it. Jeez. Yeah. Um, he had duct taped it shut and the sheriff's department, the deputy thought that was odd. So yeah. they opened it yeah. up and there she was in the freezer. And all the while he was pretending like, you know, making it appear as though she were still alive, paying her, her bills, um, which he had already been doing anyway, but he kept paying her bills and her account so he call and he'd make up he, reasons. <laughs> wait, I'm sorry, were they, were they, did they have a, a relationship or were they just living um, in the same abode? No, they weren't in a relationship. Like they were companions. Um, Miss, she was quite a bit older than her and her husband died. That's how they met is at her husband's funeral because Bernie worked at the funeral home. He was assistant director and, uh-huh. um, you know, he took just such wonderful he was really popular with the old lady widows in town um they just loved him and he was active in the church and he did so much in the community um but he did really well with her husband's funeral and he was kind to her and um they just kind of built companionship from there to the point where they were going on you know european vacations together and um he lived like a mile or two from her house and he basically became her assistant and paid companion. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, they were close, but, um, she, so, so it was, too far one day. so it was her residence that they were in that she was in the deep freezer of. Yeah. It was her house, her own deep freezer. Got it. Wow. It's a really good story, though. Um, they made a movie out of it. If uh, Tubi is an app, a streaming app. If you download Tubi, you can watch it for free on there. And um, Jack Black plays you, Bernie. How do you spell Tubi? Matthew, Matthew McConaughey is in it. And, I mean, it's actually a decent movie. Um, and as strange as it all is, I'm like, there's no fucking way all of these things happened. Um, no, uh, my husband speaks to Bernie. He works at the prison where Bernie's locked up. Um, oh. he said, no, the movie is spot on. As strange as it may seem, wow. it's accurate. Do, um, do you so, know what the movie title is? Bernie. It's B-E-R-N-I-E. Oh, it's Bernie. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fascinating. Like, no and uh, how do you, how do you speak to me? Or is it like the numeral two? No, it's T as in Tom, U, B as in boy, and I. T U B I. Okay. Cool. And um, let's see if I still have it saved on my phone. I can drop a link to the the story that I read it out loud on Castbox, but um. I, I enjoyed reading the story enough to where I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on Castbox and just do like my own episode, just reading the story because I talk about Bernie uh, sometimes, and people just I, I thought they should know the story. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that that definitely helps if you're making reference to him for them to understand who he is. I think it's really sad that um, in 2016, his attorney had filed an appeal on his behalf and um, that he got re-sentenced. Um, they released him or resentenced him, and they resentenced him to um, another 99 plus years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean this happened a long time ago already. It was one grumpy old lady, um, and Bernie was well liked. And uh, they didn't put them on the show snapped and just give them, oh, well, temporary insanity, whatever, whatever. They gave them another life sentence. Did, did he get an insanity? I mean, did he did he plea no, insanity? Or? Uh, no, none of that. He got... Um, uh, oh, I think it's... Oh, it? thanks. Couldn't have been involuntary. I think they lowered the charge because Bernie was so well liked. Um, but no, murder. He he's convicted of murder. I just don't think it, it wasn't first degree murder. Okay. Despite his. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting. Love, are you familiar totally with Bernie? Um, it, what did you say his last Tita. name is? Tita. Tita. Bernie Tita. Should we put some more realms? Um, so he was apparently in, in Odessa, like committed a, a murder of his companion. Um, oh, Odessa, in the 70s, Odessa was the murder capital of the country. Oh, here, here, can she hear you? I don't know, can it, it was the murder it was. capital of the country twice running. In fact, I made it all the way through the military and the Marines without ever getting shot, and then got shot in Odessa, my own hometown. So, there's so many murders and whatnot. There's people buried out in oil wells that have been concrete over that people thought they went to Alaska or something. I'm, I'm sorry. You, they, about as they, bad as uh, Las Vegas. They had to change the venue um, for his trial. It, it happened in Carthage, Texas. And they oh, had it happened to in Carthage. The and they had to change oh. the venue. So, the trial was in Odessa? I don't know. Oh, I didn't yeah. hear about it. No, yeah. Um, Sadie May. It happened. It happened. Nation. No, he did get convicted of first degree. It was first degree murder. They gave him. Um. Let's see. Um. Born. Blah blah blah. It happened in 1996 in Carthage, Texas. Hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Here, do you want to? Do you want to get back on, Mike? Oh, sure. I mean, when you're done. Uh. I I am enjoying this conversation, but I've got to get ready for bed because I've got work hecka early tomorrow. Yes, in the rain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hand you back to Adrian. It's been really nice it talking to nice you. speaking with you. All right. Have a good night. You too. Yes, that's 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 my my yum, my yummy yum. She's the yummiest yum I've ever met. I like her. Yes, she's quite awesome. She is uh, the only one I know who's willing to do one of my most ambitious ideas. So, tell me if you can think of anything wrong with the idea of marriage incorporated. 
elaborate I mean, it's, for me. Because it's a business, right? Oh, oh, uh, no. Actually, I'm like totally on board with that, actually. So the civil union is over the centuries has been like piled on with so much religious religiosity and, and philosophy and ideas of do right and do wrong and gender bias and whatnot that that it's just a mess but oh are you there oh yeah i lost you now you, you went dead white well, sounds like you're on the other end of the room so the idea is and I'm going to be talking to my friend who sells franchises this Sunday. Um, the idea is is that if it's a business and you decide to incorporate, right, as a union, as a partnership, your articles of incorporation are your prenuptials. And it forces you to think about things like what if somebody suddenly dies? What do you do with assets? Whose assets are what? What, what are you going to do with what comes into the partnership? And what if some, for some reason, it dissolves? How are you going to leave it, or how are you going to uh, have uh, members of the board come on, right? Your children, so to speak, uh, that you could leave the company as a private company. Uh, also, your partnership, aka your marriage, is now a corporate entity, which is recognized as a person. It has personhood. Not only that, but it, you can vote with your money. You could form a super PAC if you wanted, right? And you get tax write-offs, tax benefits. You get all the advantages that a corporation gets, except that it's your marriage. So why do the civil business at all if you get all the advantages of being a corporation, if you just recognize marriage as a business? So we're going to uh, incorporate and uh, drop our last names and take on a new last name and uh, go from there. Uh, and I have an idea of how to build value natively into the uh, into the uh, venture uh, based on blockchain. And uh, well, I'm going to pitch. I pitched it to my tech guy. I'm going to pitch it to uh, a franchise guy and mentor out of Boston. He's a former Marine. And uh, maybe this will go somewhere. Maybe it'll actually be more than just a social experiment. But maybe it will actually uh, can catch on. Somebody else thought the same thing way back in, uh, I think it was 98, and they tried again in 2003 and then 2011, but they haven't made a post since okay, 2011. So you talk uh, investors. Um, have you thought about, you know, the benefits for your, your investors or how any of that part of it would work? Well, that would go with how I plan to incorporate value into the system. And uh, I, I believe very much in open source and the value and uh, inherent behind a good idea whose time has come. Uh, so you don't have to like uh, limit access and therefore drive up value. Uh, simply have value based on the strength of the idea itself and on the interactions. So my idea is that if you're careful with who you deal with and all of your transactions is above board, open source and transparent, where uh, available to public scrutiny at any time, uh, each transaction that's successfully carried out in that manner will create successive 
value, increased value over time, of which then you could trade in on for credit with a bank or as needed. I don't believe in credit necessarily. You either have money or you don't. The money for what you're going to do. I haven't had a credit card since 98. Uh, and yet I'm debt-free and I own my home and I own my vehicle. Okay. I just don't have a real pay, paying job. <laughs> I don't want a job, though. I just want to do what I love. But if, this, if I could franchise this out and create a network, I just need a couple of married couples who are willing to work out the kinks, run the traps, so to speak, and uh, do this with us. And we uh, podcast or broadcast uh, our results and our findings and just start sharing it out. Uh, and then if it works out the way I think it will, naturally, because it's all there, all we're doing is just picking up what's already there, synthesizing it, uh, do business with people who are doing business in like manner. Get rid of all this closed door, behind closed doors, secret meetings and crap, secret negotiations. If it's not something you'd be willing to do in front of your grandma, then why are you doing it? And if grandma doesn't like copulation, then she needs to get over it. You know what I mean? If my husband Take wants the, to sit down, but see, Castbox at my house, um, which has made, like, put um, a damper on the idea of podcasting for him, whatever. Anyway, Castbox and podcasts are welcome in my house, like a pork chop in a synagogue. You know, I mean, he's anti all of it, whatever. Um, that's something that I'm really into, and I think it's really great, but. My husband wouldn't do it because he's a party pooper, but I do know a couple that actually, um, he already has a podcast that he does, and it's very successful. It's won, um, you know, nationally recognized awards. That's what he does for a living. Um, uh, yeah, he got in on it early. Interested in that. Hmm. I'm calling it, uh, calling it Life Change. Think you should call it marriage ink yeah well that's the idea marriage ink i mean it conveys the idea certainly uh beautifully uh but what i think will create value in it in the partnership itself and and honestly it could it wouldn't have to just be limited to marriages but any any collaborative partnership or, or transaction you engage in whether it's a 501c3 nonprofit or explaining your idea to me essentially I'm like well you know this just sounds like how you should apply marriage in general keep Period. it simple mm -hmm. and the same with yeah. um, who you know you allow to be a part of it be very selective um, you should be that way anyway all of those yeah, things and essentially is how people should I feel they should um, do things no yeah, and it's, doesn't it seem to you, it seems this way to me, people only want to do things behind closed doors or in secret negotiations or not out in the open when they want something, power or money or something, and, and, and they don't think everyone would be okay with it. Well, if everyone wouldn't be okay with it, why are you asking for it? And, and why is it that only 250 people about Run a world of seven billion. How's that? You know? Uh, yeah. 
at some point we at some point we got to flip the script and and just or we're not going to make it. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. You know, I'm I'm worried about my kids having a world that's worth living in. Mm-hmm. And and what what can I do to affect that? So that's just something we're going to do. But uh, I know I had two people I interviewed who started since started podcasts. One's called Vet Pivot. He was just named the most influential person on the internet. Adam, he's a good guy. I interviewed him. I still have to release his interview. And then he started a podcast. I think they were like, well, hell, if it's that easy. <laughs> and uh, the other one is called uh, Doing the Thing. But I just need an anchor, really. I'm, I can talk and talk and talk, but I do better if I have somebody to balance me. And I just have not been able to find an anchor, so I imagine an anchor will come along when it's the right time. Coin. There's no coincidence, and it's frustrating, but it's all orchestrated exactly perfect um, how it's supposed to happen anyway. Yeah. All the the stuff I've been through, even if I could go back in time and change those things, I absolutely would not because I value what I learned from those experiences so much. I wouldn't change any of it. I hear you. See, and I I agree with that. Personally, I don't think there is any such a thing as time. I think it's an illusion. I think everything's happening all at once or has happened already, and this is just where we're focused at. So it's kind of like freedom of choice and predestination at the same time. But I'm into quantum physics and all that, and I'm kind of a weirdo in that way. Um, do you know who, who Josh is on Cast Pop? Um, Josh? Joshua H., yes. No, nope, nope. Uh, I've only got about 30 some odd shows. Oh, well, that's his, um, his jam is quantum, is all of that. Um, he, you know, y'all would get along. Maybe he could be your anchor. I don't know. <laughs> you know, interestingly um, enough, I ran into, uh, I ran into, uh, an Italian couple who are particle physicists here in the Bay. And uh, when she said her husband worked at CERN, the Large Hadron Collider, I actually just immediately hugged her. And she goes, whoa, why are you giving me a hug? And I said, because I just want to say that I touched somebody who's touched somebody who's been there. <laughs> wow. Well, Josh is a, 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 biolo- a biologist. Excuse me. Uh, when, when I, that's what Sabrina is. When I, when I, uh, I, so I started immediately tossing out my pet ideas and theories, uh, and he was immediately shooting them down, like immediately, like like he was talking to a kid, and that's fine. I get it, you know. I don't have the official schooling. I just think a lot. Uh, but I did come up with one thing that I pitched to them, and they didn't shoot it down. They went, oh, Yobi, that's interesting. And that is the... Uh, AI simulated life theorem, which is my challenge to the second law of thermodynamics, which if my theorem stands, second law of thermodynamics is that everything seeks balance, entropy. If you burn a log uh, with fire, it turns into ash, and you can't ever turn it back into a log again, right? So entropy not only seeks balance, but it, that everything seeks a neutral position, but it also means time exists. And if there's no entropy, then there is no time. 
And if there's no time, that's pretty interesting. That means you will live every choice you possibly could have had at some point. Hmm. Mm, things to think about. I mean, I'm open-minded. I can't really just say that I certainly believe in any one thing, you know, and that's what it is to me. None of it is really set in stone for me. I'm finding myself questioning many things that I would never have imagined that I would question. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'm not religious. I'm very spiritual, intuitive. Um, Scooby-Doo, too? Do what? And sc- I thought it sounded like you said, I'm very spiritual and Scooby-Doo. And Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Which I think is the perfect I'm phrase. I'm very Scooby-Doo. spiritual and Scooby-Doo. And just leave it at that. Too funny. No, I don't even what do you mean? Scooby-Doo. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I do. I guess you would call it God, a higher power. Um, whatever. But um, I do also believe that Anunnaki's are real. We're not the only intelligent life forms. Um, we weren't here first, I don't think. Anyway, those kinds of things. I never. Ah, uh, Anunnaki. Yeah, you're I talking about, about uh, the German guy, but that's a lot. Things and then marriage and um, you know, like homosexuality. Um, that's not real to me. Are they born, you know, that way or? whatever, and then nature versus nurture, and all of those kinds of things, I really, I'm not a contradiction, but, and I don't fall somewhere in the middle, because I'm indecisive, it's just, oh, you're perfect, just as you are, I can see both ways, um, both sides, all the time, and my husband hates that about me, we went to marriage counseling, and he was like, oh, I hate talking to people with you, because, they always take your side. I said, it's not taking my side. It's just I put no all of my things that I, I own mine, and I put it out there first. Here's my contribution. This is what I did. I'm owning it. I know what I need to work on, so let's get to work. And he, well, I did this because, and if she made me, he's one of those kind of people. Uh, here's um, a question. Like, well, you know, Quick question. Uh, go ahead. This is the question. Is anybody perfect? Mm, yes and no. There is, what is perfect? I don't believe in perfect. Okay. Well, like I said, the earlier question where I said is, is there another you anywhere in the universe or you, the only you in all of existence that we know of? All the way down to the molecule. Are you unique? I'm a perfect me, but I'm not perfect. Well, hold on. If you're a perfect you, then the only judge you have to weigh yourself against is yourself. Now, you may not be meeting the standards you set for yourself, but only you can determine that. And but nobody can say you're anything other than perfectly you. So then, not version of me am I thinking about or you know pertaining to? Does it matter? All of all of them are perfectly you. You couldn't be anything other than you. Whatever you decide is exactly what you would have decided because you're the only if you. If I were perfect, I would be the better version of myself. Now, perfect is is a is a 
a model, an image. What you're referring to is an image projected by people externally. Like, how could you be like me or live your life like uh, uh, Michael J. Fox or, or like uh, Buddha? You can't because they're the only ones who can be themselves. So the best thing you can do to affect the world is just accept yourself and be perfectly you. Warts and all. There's never going to be another one like you. Yeah, those suckers burned off. (laughs) 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 In a lake of fire. Man. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, I I had to have. That's why I came to the truth, which was death. Because I question a lot of things, too. I needed some kind of bedrock to stand on. My goodness. Every time I thought I had a solid house, I was found out my foundation was on sand. That's no way to live. I've no, I, don't, I can't recall feeling that way. Um, to me, it's like, okay, well, you know, I did believe this way, but now that I feel like I've been enlightened um, or – you know, my mind broadened. I just feel like it just makes I get better and better. And it's like alchemy. You know, it's just constant. It's change, but um, I'm not sure how to. What, You've marinated in life longer. Yeah. Like it, like better. when you bottle a something fizzy. Yeah, it builds up carbonation over time. Yeah, You're more I mean, fizzy. I don't always make the the best choices um, and could have done better, but you know what? I did what I did and it's done. And um, even if it caused a big mess, um, I cleaned that shit up and made the best of it. Have you ever had a, a, a vision or anything like that? Ever had a vision, ever experienced anything like uh Interesting, like a dream that felt real or uh, dreamed while you were awake or anything. Lucid dreaming? Um, Yeah, I don't know about lucid dreams, but I've had some dreams that uh, they felt real. I woke up sweating, breathing hard, uh, uh, cried and everything. and I still have a recurring nightmare, which is why I don't do horror movies anymore. Um, Mike Myers, he really haunts my nightmares and has for years now. And he married an axe murderer. Into what? He married an axe murderer. I used to have a recurring nightmare, and that was a. Uh, I was always getting chased, and it was either it could be, it could be skeletons, it could be cockroaches, mud men, you name it. I'd always be always being chased. Couldn't get away from whatever. Like I said, it would be mud men or it would be uh, uh, serial killers. It would be cockroaches. It would be uh, something one to kill and devour me. The interpretation would be you're running from something or something that's going to catch up to you or along those lines, like in you know, when you're awake in your life, your subconscious um, makes you dream about that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And I, I, it was such a common thing that I just decided there were, I didn't have nightmares. I just had dreams I'd prefer not to have. And uh, so I'd wake up and be like, well, 
well, I'd rather have not have dreamt that, but oh well, and go back to sleep. Uh, but I've had dreams like I'd go to sleep and wake up in my apartment, and I'm, I'm me, and my friends came over, but they were different friends. And in one dream in particular, it was one of it was five dreams I've had. Uh, they came in and they were all smoking this kind of glowing crystal and they offered it to me. And I said, no, thanks. Cause I felt like if I smoked it, I, that would be the end of where I was at. No, no, it was some kind of green and blue and red glowing thing. Uh, and when you puffed on it, it would glow brighter. And I, I turned it down and it was here in the San Francisco area. And I spent three days in that world. And then I caved and I smoked the thing and I woke up here. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. Oh, you took the wrong, the other pill. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, it falls in line if there's, uh, if there's, uh, no time and it's a static existence. And that means every single choice you could ever choose, you will eventually experience. But we don't have long term memory and we process after the fact. Nobody's living in the present moment. So uh, it makes easy. sense. I'm open. I'm open to that, and it's like I'm not. I believe that could be totally true. Maybe that. Oh no, it's scientifically it. true. They they they've Good proven time. that the quickest you can experience the present moment is through sound. That's the quickest your brain will process any input, and that's behind the the, the fact. You know, the present, the actual present, has already moved on by the time you you comprehend it. Oh, damn, I wonder how far behind I am. Uh, when I hear things, something my mom will say, it will take a minute. I'll say, what did you say? And then be like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, okay. It takes my brain a minute to process what people say sometimes. And now you said you had a car accident. I've had two or three near misses where I, sh- by all rights, I shouldn't be walking this earth anymore. But probably in oh, some yeah. reality, I did, I did buy it. But uh, I just shifted imperceptibly into another one where I didn't and called it a near miss. Hmm. Anyway, we're getting deep. It's what yeah, time is it there in Texas? Think, like, uh, wow. How old are your kids? My kids, my oldest is 12 and my youngest, bitch, he'll be seven uh, next week on Wednesday. Oh. See, I got a 33-year-old that I raised for seven years because you know how we do it in West Texas. I got married at 18. And then uh 23-year-old. No, 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 no. no she was uh, – when I was in high school, I guess I looked like a dad because all the single teenage mamas would chase me down. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I've already been married twice. So I got a 23-year-old who's in Denton, Texas, going to school, and then I've got a 15-year-old who's here tonight, and then a 13-year-old with his uh, mom and her, her wife. Yeah, you heard me right. <laughs> oh, that's not strange to me. My mom, um, she had a girlfriend for several years, and uh, that's what moved us out to California was my mom's girlfriend and my niece. <laughs> has a girlfriend and my little sister has a girlfriend and my oldest sister, what, whoever she's married to at the time, I think she's on husband number seven, they're swingers. And then 
Sisters, are they swingers or are they poly? Uh, no, they're swingers. Oh, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, no, they're swingers. Um his own, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Um, whatever. I avoid that sister. She's batshit nuts. But, yeah. Yeah, I made the mistake of going to Burning Man for my honeymoon 10 years after my marriage. We hadn't been gone on vacation, so we went to Burning Man. And they say Burning Man will change lives. Oh, howdy. I haven't gone in 2016, since 2016. Oh, Burning Man? I'll let you look that up on your own. It's a DIY cult, you know. You you, You wash your own damn brain. Okay. It's it's, uh, a... it's a city that's built every year before Labor Day, and when we build it for 10 days, it is the lar- fourth largest city in the entire state of Nevada, and after 10 days, after we burnt all the big art projects, we tear the whole city down, and, and it gets inspected in a month, and it has to be like we were never there, or they don't permit us to do it the next year, and it's going to happen like 30-some-odd years. It was a party that happened out here in the beach in San Francisco. Uh, a guy burned an effigy trying to get uh, deal with his breakup with his girlfriend, and it basically turned into a party that never ended. And now it's a eighty thousand to a hundred thousand person event in the deserts of Nevada, Black Rock Desert. That's interesting. And if you go there, ten days. No, they, they, people start showing up about a month before the gate opens. Uh, and the longest I've been out there was 17 days. Uh, and it took me seven years to figure out I'd learned everything I needed to learn because it's a giant mirror, you know, and looking in the mirror can be difficult. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a workaholics vacation because every, you know, everybody volunteers for some big project and, you don't spend any money when you're there, and yet there's dance clubs, there's bars, there's restaurants, but everything's for free. It's a gift economy. And uh, I don't know, I was fascinated by it. I got pretty deep into it. Uh, That's, uh, you maybe should not have told me about that ever. Oh, this is what I was going to warn you, is if you go with your significant other, wherever y'all are headed, you're going to get there much, much faster. Some couples become super tight, like, and just, like, bond, like they melt into each other. More often than not, and there's even weddings out there. Heck, I can perform weddings out there. Uh it's like it's like a it's like civilization. The history of it is like civilization on on a fast track, because it was a small little thing that was happening, just a couple hundred people, and now it's a hundred thousand people. It was anarchy and drive-by shooting ranges, and now it's a city with streets and uh, art projects and communities and theme camps. Uh, but more often than not, yeah, I thought I thought it was in the the side that we were getting stronger. Well, we were, our friendship was getting stronger. Uh, but, uh, she, it wasn't that she had something traumatic happen to her in her childhood. It was that she just really liked women. <laughs> and who's to blame for that? Nobody. So, better now than when I was 50.
and hence here I am in the bay. They moved to the center of the Lesboverse. Shit, maybe I should not have known about that. Maybe not ever, ever, ever. Oh, uh, wait till, wait till you look at the uh, YouTubes. I mean, basically, it's a place where you can be whatever you want to be, dress however you want, or not wear, wear anything at all. As long as you're not hurting anybody, it's fine. You'll get a hug, and everybody will ask you where you're from. Instead of traveling the world, the world comes to you. There's people from all over the world. There is uh, about uh, probably a hundred, a little over a hundred different regional events that happen throughout the year all over the world. Some of the largest are like Africa Burn in South Africa in the deserts of South Africa, and that's up to 20,000 people now. A friend of mine in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, Justin McGee, throws burning seed, and I think that's almost up to 10,000. I have to look at that. Um, I, I would start going when it was uh, 40,000 people, and now it's almost 100,000. $200 a ticket, now it's like 500 a ticket. Uh, but it'll it'll be exactly what you didn't expect. And you will learn exactly what you needed to learn and see, not what you thought you were going to see or need or wanted to learn. And sometimes those lessons are really, really tough. They are, and they can be painful and horrible and lonely. But sometimes yeah. that's how we learn our most important lessons in life. Yeah, it's like taking 10 years of life learning and pressing it into 10 days. In the last event, I took both of my kids in 2016 and I was a, a Black Rock Scouts leader and uh, there's a Kidsville and a lot of kids running around. There's some kids have been more burns than I've been to. One guy is in the 30s married. He grew up going to Burning Man. And he's a fire dancer. He's pretty interesting. Uh, and one of my best friends and mentors, uh, he's had a camp at Burning Man. This will be his 22nd year. Poly Paradise. Now, I'm not Polly, but I just like those people. They're pretty open and easy going. Uh, but, yeah, I think it is kind of a cult because when I stopped going, like, all my burner friends like, stopped talking to me. And that's, I think, the sign of a cult. It's just, if you stop attending the rituals and uh, they stop talking to you because they're always so busy planning for the next burn. Well, you've heard of Tony Alamo, right? Sounds familiar. Tony Alamo, Alamo Ministries, Colt. Um, well, he's dead now. He died a couple of years ago. Well, anyway. I don't believe in persetilizing. Listen to any of the podcasts on anywhere you listen to them. Look up Colts and search Tony Alamo. It'll come up in almost every one of them. That one, you know, Jonestown. He falls in with yeah. those. Not the same yeah, my, things, but... Uh, my dad had a cult in the uh, mountain hills right of Ozarks. They, they tried to rec- uh, make me the linchpin, said it, it. I was key. If I didn't see it, then it would not happen the way it's supposed to happen. And I, I, I basically said, y'all are crazy. I'm out of here. They even had an arranged marriage for me. Right 
Well, can barely hear you. Um, I was like, no, they throw your stuff when you move when you move in with them. The church, they throw your stuff away. The husbands and wives don't sit together. Men sit on one side, women on the other. Was that they House of Yahweh? Have their own things. No, this is Tony Alamo um, Ministries. They, I mean, they're really freaking crazy. Um, this, this no, is all you I'm need not going back out there. She, if if you accept your death and you're living life, how you live life is you ask yourself constantly: Is that what love would do? Would love separate people into different sections? Would love judge you? Would love would love tell you you're going to hell for all eternity? Would love? I don't know. Well, that's all I do. Is I ask myself: Is that what, is that loving? Is that what love would do? And that pretty much guides me. It works. It works. Yeah. Um. I just go whatever my spirit, my into. I go with my gut all the time. Um, and uh, how I would want to be treated, you know, try to, do, I do my best to, to live my life that way and be good to people, even when I always wind up getting shit on, um, whatever, do you but love I yourself? all of it. Do you love yourself? I do. I love, I'm, I do love myself. Um, there you go. I know I'm, there you go. I'm a prize. I know I am. I'm a good person. I have a good heart. <laughs> I'm good to people. Um, yeah, I love myself very much. Yeah, I had to look myself in the mirror. I, I got victimized, and I was like, these people are treating me wrong. And and about two weeks after, maybe four weeks after getting back from one burn, it hit me. I was like, oh, wait a minute. They were just being themselves in their context. Why did I put myself in that situation? Ah! <laughs> People treat you how you allow them and teach them to treat you. You have to teach them yep. how they can treat you. And whatever yep. you tolerate, that's yep. what they're going to go with. So don't tolerate it and tre- teach them how you want to be treated and things will go better most of the time. Yeah, um, and there's a fine line between fine setting line a boundary because you're afraid of what you're across it. As a fine line between that setting a boundary because you love yourself enough not to let anybody cross that boundary because it's just not good for either of you. It's a fine line. Yep. Well, it's been a great talk. Love, hate, good, bad, all of that. It's all fine lines. I need to get Now we've gone to all of it. Now we have to pack all the things. Just live. <laughs> right. I, it's called Burn Town. Is I, that what she said it was called? Burning Man. Burning, Burning Man sucks. Burning don't go. Well, that's too late. Um, <laughs> you may have. A, a I, tell you, I tell you what, if you end up at the Emergency Dome, just make sure you get there early in the week. <laughs> I heard about this place for like. Six years before I I was passing and, it. Um, do you do like, any kind? Of, you, you don't do social media. Uh, I got off Facebook. I do Instagram. Facebook. I had to finally decide that nothing good has ever come out of it for me. 
Nothing. Okay, um, so I do Instagram. So I do Instagram. You do Instagram? Okay, and Castbox. Um, well, yeah, and LinkedIn. You know, Castbox. And what was the last one? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Oh, LinkedIn. Yeah, I don't have that one. Uh, it's, okay. So my big thing is modeling for my kids what it means to do what you love and calling that success. Too late for me to try and tell them because they're teenagers and they're never going to listen. But they'll remember what they see. Yep. You are exactly right about that. And that's really how I try to, what I try to do my best in instilling to my kids um, and help them develop whatever it is they're passionate about and they love to do. Um, even if they're good at doing something that, I mean, essentially when they're a kid, um, you know, cutting up in class and being the class clown, you get put out of class for that and to the prince, you get in trouble for that. But if you're the class clown, you know, maybe your kid is there, you know, supposed to entertain people. That's their thing. Well, instead of um, telling them that's bad and trying to get them to shift their direction, why don't you develop it into something more positive that they can use? And it doesn't, do you see what I mean? Yeah. I don't personally, like I don't agree with generalized Like, yeah, me either. I mean, I took uh, U.S. history in junior high, high school, and college. My God. But I knew what I wanted to do when I was in junior high. Why didn't I just take those classes? Mm-hmm. I haven't used any of the math I had to take. None of it? You never cooked? Huh. Uh, Plus, well, I had no use for it. Besides, there's things called calculators. And they were getting on to my son about his spelling. I was like, but you don't understand. Every time I try and tell him he needs to learn how to spell, he goes, but there's spell checker. He's got a point. Why aren't we teaching him how to live outside of the system we all live in? Exactly. Um, like my, well, kids, my kids, the two youngest one are at the ages, they're six and seven. So, um, they spell things how it sounds when you say it. They say this, and that's how they write it. They're correct spelling and silent letters and stuff. I'm like, man, you know what it says. They're um, ordering their thoughts enough to be able to write these things. Why are you so focused on that? Is she going to be an English teacher? Probably not. Um, but if, by the time they're old enough... Now. It's going to be transcribed anyway. You just talk and your AI will type it out for you. Maybe it might type the right freaking word. This is what I was going to tell you statistically, and you can look this up. Elon Musk has even talked about it extensively. It is statistically more probable that we live in a uh, simulation than there is a civilization outside of our planet that's advanced enough to travel through the stars. Statistically, it's more probable that we are living in a modeled simulation of some future generation. And we just aren't aware we're in a simulation. Because then how would the model uh, accurately model what they were trying to observe? 
Isn't there a movie with Tom Cruise in it about that? Matrix? Yeah. Is it possible that we all give ourselves hints about the real nature reality throughout our lives? So when we do encounter it, we're not so shocked? Yeah. Of course, we could just like... We could we could die and some interdimensional being goes, Oh look, my human is ready and pops us out and puts it in the mouth and goes, Mmm, I love it when they've had a good life. Mm. Or you could just wake up and be like, Oh, that was a video game, take the helmet off. Wow, that was a cool game. That was better than D and D. Who knows? We don't know at this point. Yeah. Exactly. So, just do you and whatever, what they say now, your best life? Your best life your now. Best life. Expedia. Expedia. .com. Com. Program. Program. Okay, we've gotten into Twilight Zone. So. Yeah, I'm so tired anyway. It's just, dang it. It's just, like it's just been fun. Paint. Yes, it yes, has. yes. Um, I, did you see my Instagram I dropped in the chat? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. I better check it out now because it'll go away when the cast is over. Uh, yeah, um, please do because I have, you know, a couple of people that may be, as far as your podcast and, you know, the corporation of marriage, that kind of thing, somebody that you may be interested in collaborating with or, you know, picking his brain or each other's brain. That would be great, yeah. Just somebody I can feed out their energy. I'm, I go all over the place. I need somebody who can turn that into nuts and bolts. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I, I have a couple of people that maybe you'd be interested in communicating with on whatever level. Um, <laughs> I hear you. You know, yeah, but just really great people. I think may be a good match, if nothing else, for an episode. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I love interviewing. I like to help out where I can. Um, and if I see something, I really do my best to help as much as I can just because it may, it is selfish. It makes me feel good to help. But well, um, That's not selfish. Why? That's loving yourself. So, oh, yeah. two, two, well, that's another rabbit thought. hole. Anyway, don't forget yeah, about me, thought. and I will get you back. Remind me of my grandmother who paid for a guy's way through college without him ever knowing it, just from a thirty-minute conversation she had with him. And I've always admired that. And and two, uh, how do I uh, make somebody an admin? Because I have somebody who wants to be an admin, and I have not been able to figure out how to assign an admin. To any of my um, stuff. Well, is that uh, is it Charisma Wagner? Is that who you want to admin? No, no, fr Friday kind of guy. He wants to be the admin. But he's my oh, he's really first great. and only fan. Um, yeah, Friday kind of guy. I'm not. Sh I've never tried to admin anyone outside of the live cast. Um, that, yeah, I don't even know how to do it in the live cast. Oh, well, in the live cast, like, um, for example, if you were going to admin me, um, you would just, anywhere you see my face, the call up top or in the chat, you just press your finger on my face, <sighs> look the three dots in the top right corner, 
press those and then you can add men. Oh, cool. Okay. I wonder or why nobody could tell me that. You know, I don't know why either. <laughs> um, actually, I can't. Oh, well, never mind. I don't know why nobody ever told you that either. But um, one day here soon, there may be help for people who are new at this. Um, oh, are you in the yeah. know? Mm, you'll have to see. Um, to see your experience. I, I just can't share it. <laughs> That's fine. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, that day everything will be open. I just have to look it up and it'll tell me everything. <laughs> right. One day. The cameras are on you now. It's 1984, oh, I think. <laughs> okay. Good night. Thank you. And uh, thank you, folks. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.